Hey everybody! Welcome to The Past and the Curious. My name is Mick Sullivan, and I'm glad that you are joining us. This is episode 8 of The Underwear Chronicles, which is a sub-series of The Past and the Curious. So these episodes are a little bit shorter, but they are actually a chapter. Each episode is a chapter from an upcoming book that I will have out very soon, hopefully at the end of this year, if not the beginning of 2023. And that book is called I See Lincoln's Underpants. And this episode, this chapter, is about Amelia Bloomer. Now, we did an episode that featured Amelia Bloomer about two years ago, so some of this is going to sound familiar, uh, but there are new elements to the story. It's completely rewritten, and I'm excited to share it with you. Two quick notes. Uh, I use the word eponym. An eponym is something that is named after someone, so... The article of clothing known as Bloomers was named after Amelia Bloomer. You'll learn about that in a minute. The other thing that I say and talk about is suffrage, which is a word for the right to vote. All right, let's get started. In the 1800s, wearing a dress could be a real drag. I mean that literally. Some of those gargantuan gowns were so gigantic that they often grazed the ground beneath the feet of any woman wearing one. You could argue that big bell-shaped dresses were more than just a fashion statement, though. In a way, women's fashion became a form of substitute street cleaning. See, trash collection was a thing of the future. And in a lot of places, people didn't pick up after themselves. If they did, it meant they threw whatever they didn't want in their house out of their house, onto the streets below. So an afternoon stroll could quickly turn into an awful mess for any dignified ladies walking down those squalid and soiled streets in a fancy dress. Fine fabrics of every color could eventually wind up with a hemline of grimy brown as the costumes gathered garbage, dangled in the mud, and even dragged through the droppings horses left behind in the streets. Even if a lady had managed to keep her dress clean, it would still be wildly cumbersome. In the late 19th century, which is a confusing way to say the 1800s, Many women were fed up with the way society expected them to live their lives. Yes, the size and lack of comfort of their clothing was frustrating, but an enormous dress made it hard to do anything much more than just stand around, and even that was difficult. Ladies were also longing for freedom to roam and explore beyond the walls of their homes. Many young women were not permitted to drag their dresses around anywhere without a chaperone. But those matters paled in comparison to the biggest goal they were working towards, suffrage. More women than ever were demanding a role in politics, and it soon became an organized fight for the right to vote. And clothing had more to do with it than you might think. Amelia Bloomer was one of these suffragists, which is a fancy word for someone who worked to get women the right to vote. She also had strong opinions about fashion, and as a result, her name is an eponym for a kind of underwear today. Now, to be clear, Amelia did not invent bloomers. She just knew a good idea when she saw one. It was another uncomfortably clad lady named Elizabeth Smith Miller who made them a reality. Like many in her generation, Elizabeth had spent years in a garbage-grabbing dress that seemed as big as a church bell and nearly as heavy. People told the unsatisfied upstart designer that the constricting clothes that she had been wearing were no big deal. A woman's work at the time was much less demanding than a man's, they said. What need would she have for a silly indulgence like mere comfort? 
She probably got as tired of hearing this nonsense as she did wearing the actual dresses. Luckily, Elizabeth was a vestment visionary who decided that she had had enough. Some might have called her crazy, but she pictured a world where women could enjoy the simple pleasures of sitting down without eclipsing behind an upturned hoop skirt. She dreamed of easily bending over to grab something on the floor, and she saw a future of walking through a room without leaving a trail of upturned furniture on the ground like spent bowling pins. Perhaps most of all, she just wanted to breathe. But these were all things that her clothes didn't really allow. So she scrapped the suffocating corset and birdcage-like structure under her skirt, tossed the mess of fabric into the closet, and set to work with scissors and thread inspired by the memory of something she had seen on a trip across the ocean. She finished one fateful day in 1851 and stepped out of her door and into the free air, wearing, brace yourself kids, billowy white leg coverings that reached her ankles. <gasps> oh dear. Covering these long underwear-like leggings was a skirt that broke well below her knees. Elizabeth said no to the dress. At the time, the outfit was most often referred to as pantalettes, which were the leg-covering underclothes, and tunic, which was the skirt that made it so easy for her to move her legs. Imagine people's shock when she crossed the yard and not a single twig got stuck in her new outfit. Elizabeth didn't even knock over any tables in her living room. How undignified! Perhaps most shocking of all, it didn't take her an hour or more to cinch her corset breathtakingly tight and install all of the necessary parts that would provide the poof underneath. What on earth would she do with all the time she saved by wearing something so simple? Something devilish, no doubt. But the criticisms rolled off of Elizabeth like water off of a beaver fur swimsuit because she had the courage to wear a skirt with sensible pantaloons as underwear. If there had been cars at the time, they would have wrecked as she strolled by. If there had been cameras, the paparazzi would have tumbled over one another for the perfect scandalous photo. On the whole, the 1850s were pretty free from these modern inventions though, and the only thing there was to spread the shocking word of her costume was, well, the written word. Some people loved the outfit, but plenty of people simply couldn't handle it. Those detractors made sure to get a lot of ink in the newspapers, talking about what an abomination the clothing combo was. If history can confirm anything, it's that haters have always hated. Amelia Bloomer was someone who would fall head over heels for the outfit that broke just above her ankles. In 1849, Amelia had helped found a newspaper called The Lily. The women who started it planned for it to be devoted to the interests of women. Unfortunately, the other ladies weren't as devoted as Amelia, and they soon left her high and dry, alone, to do the job. Since it was early in the paper's life, not many people would have noticed had she just canned the whole project. But Amelia resolved not to walk away and let people think that a woman couldn't follow through on such a lofty idea. So she became the editor, publisher, and regular writer. The Lily mostly printed articles about what its founding women agreed to be the two most important issues, suffrage and temperance. People of the temperance movement wanted to convince Americans to stop drinking alcohol. Bloomer's newspaper did this by regularly publishing stories of drunk men meeting their doom in terribly stupid ways, like falling into vats of boiling oil. 
Sharing gory details of foolish deaths was a striking way to illustrate the dangers drunkenness posed to a family. Between the articles about drunk dudes high-diving into boiling hot cauldrons, the Lily published articles and editorials in favor of universal suffrage and women's rights. Amelia made the argument that not a single woman in America had a say in the many laws that affected them, and this was completely unfair. Women couldn't vote, they couldn't hold office, and they really didn't have much control over their own lives. For its first few years, Amelia published the paper to a modest audience of around 400 subscribers, but it just takes one post to go viral. When the paper got involved in changing the way women dressed, Amelia went viral, or at least the 19th century version of viral. It began with a visit from her friend and fellow suffragist, Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Stanton had recently seen Elizabeth Miller's fashion-forward pantalets and tunic combo and immediately ditched her dress in favor of the new outfit. Eager to share the joys of the versatile and free-moving clothing, she paid a visit to her pal. Amelia knew a good thing when she saw it. She was smitten and knew others would be too, and the lily would be a great way to spread the word. On the pages of the paper, Amelia gushed about the many freedoms the clothing would give women, both inside the home and out. She included detailed descriptions of both the pantalettes underneath and the tunic that was worn over top. And for those excited by the new fashion and wishing to try some out for themselves, she printed instructions for making your own set. At the time, people couldn't head to the store and easily purchase fitted clothing, especially brand new societal norm-shattering clothing. Most people who couldn't hire someone to make their clothes for them took a do-it-yourself approach. It was not unusual for folks to sew both their own outerwear and underwear. Bolstered by people's rabid interest in the radical new clothing, the paper's subscription ballooned to nearly 4,000 names. Not long after, ladies in the daring new outfit were strolling cleanly through the dirty streets of towns all over the country, scaring the establishment with the threats of easy movement, poop-free hemlines, and healthy, unsquished internal organs. One big question still lingered on everyone's mind, though. What do we call this outfit? Though somewhat descriptive, pantalette and tunic combo has the same amount of zing as a rusty can of nails. Because so many people learned about it through her newspaper, the outrageous ensemble began to be called the bloomer costume, and eventually bloomers became the name for the long pants worn underneath the skirt. For several years, the bloomer costume was a ferocious fashion trend, empowering women all over the country. But eventually, Amelia gave up on the garments. She was tired of the controversy they created. People just wanted to talk about clothes rather than the real issues, women's rights. In retrospect, the bloomer costume may have been a little bit ahead of its time, but sometimes it takes a jolt like this to change the way that society thinks. A few decades later, there was a bloomer resurgence. In the 1890s, a new fad dominated America. Bicycles. Everyone wanted to be riding bikes, and it got much easier to do so. Those huge-wheeled monstrosities known as penny farthings fell out of favor, probably because they were difficult to even mount. Instead, there was a new kind of bike called the safety bike. These closely resembled the bike you might ride around your neighborhood today. Women, weary of being stuck at home, excitedly adopted this new bike as their own. 
it was so common to see women riding these two-wheelers that they became known as ladies' bikes. But it was dangerous at first. Yet again, big, billowy dresses caused a problem. It was a new, unforeseen problem that Amelia never would have imagined. It was easy for any of that fabric flying around to get stuck in the sprockets, chains, and spinning tires of the bike. One unlucky move and the rider could be grated like cheese, or sent flying to the ground below in torn rags that used to be a dress. The solution was simple. The bloomer costume, with its separate leg-covering underwear and skirt, allowed a rider to straddle the seat and conquer the world. It might sound silly, but in a way, it's true. The bicycle, which women rode with ease thanks to their more manageable under and outerwear, introduced many to independence and autonomy. This would eventually help lead to the ultimate goal of women's suffrage. When the 19th Amendment was passed in 1920, after decades of struggle, many American women got to vote for the first time in history. Many still, like black women and Native Americans, would have to wait longer but the Constitutional Amendment of 1920 marked an important moment in the March for Equality. Susan B. Anthony, perhaps the most famous suffragist in America, said it had a lot to do with bicycles. Let me tell you what I think of bicycles, she said. I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. It gives her a feeling of self-reliance and independence the moment she takes her seat. And away she goes, the picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. The bicycle was a symbol of self-reliance, resistance, and even adventure for women of the time. And it wouldn't have been possible without bloomers. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to tell you more about Icy Lincoln's Underpants, the book that will be coming out in the not-too-distant future. If you've been enjoying the Underwear Chronicles, you're going to enjoy the book as well. There's extra chapters in the book that will not be part of the Underwear Chronicles, and there's also a lot of smaller, fun stuff. There's the Underwear Hall of Fame stories, as well as probably 20 or so shorter, uh, like, well, they're shorts. They're called short shorts is what they are uh, that are also like this, but they just are not full stories. Um, I really think you're going to enjoy it. It's been a lot of fun to put together. Can't wait to get it out to the world. In the meantime, we will have an episode, a full episode coming out in just, a, you know, 10 days or so. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. There's one story in particular that's been bouncing around in my head for like a year and a half. And it's finally going to be out in audio form. So look forward to that. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you're having a great summer. Adios, my friends. I'm Mick Sullivan, and thanks for listening to The Past and the Curious. <laughs>